for the Alliance. For the Horde! Slay them all! Your mum's a bearded ogre and your father's a trog! Welcome back to Casual Casual Cast. I'm your host, Harina Swift. This is the Warcraft podcast for those who are hardcore about not being hardcore. In this episode, I in each episode, I cover Warcraft retail and wild WoW classic news in and out of Azeroth. I cruise those forums and I share community feedback. I spotlight some content creators, anything I find that I think is awesome and shiny, and I share some adventures in Azeroth, and I finish by taking a trip through to Raid Chat, where I share with you in and out-of-game events for you to keep your eyes on. Today's date is January 18th, 2023. Happy New Year! And you are listening to episode 17. You can have your thoughts, opinions, stories, and adventures shared on the show, too. You can tweet the show at Warcraft Casual. You can follow me on Twitter at Harena. You can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com. You can find past episodes for this show, the show notes for Casual Casual Cast, and the rest of the podcast I host at CozyPodcastNetwork.com. You can also go right to the show website at CasuallyCasualPodcast.wordpress.com and you can find out how to join me in the games that I play at ClutchMates.carrd.co or from CozyPodcastNetwork.com. I put the link there too where my Discord is and um, our, my in-game cross-realm, cross-faction guild, and so on. So, with all that being said, if you enjoy the show, please review it and share it as you feel inclined to do so. Now, let's dive into some Warcraft retail news. Our first item of Warcraft Retail news goes on with letting us know that we're going to get a bonus in our Trader's Tender by purchasing Dragonflight because it will not be long before the new Trading Post feature goes live and with its arrival, we will be receiving bonus Trader's Tender. What a tender moment, they say, as a way of saying thank you to the community for continuing to play World of Warcraft with us. We will be awarding a bonus 500 traders tender to players who purchase Dragonflight and add it to their account. This bonus traders tender will also be rewarded retroactively to players who have already purchased Dragonflight. Players can collect this bonus traders tender once the trading post feature goes live from their collector's cache. This does require World of Warcraft subscription or game time. The trading post feature is not available in WoW Classic titles and also the bonus traders tender is granted only once per battle.net account.
Are you ready? The Dragonflight 10.0.5 content update is set to arrive on January 24th. The Dragonflight 10.0.5 content update is arriving on January 24th and will usher in a variety of changes to help you and all of us on our adventures in Azeroth and beyond. We will continue on with our adventures, but we're going to be seeing some new changes being added to the game, like the new trading post feature we've touched base on in previous episodes, a new Primal Storm event, and more ways to keep stylish with our transmogs. So the we will be getting our trading post on February 1st. That is the new feature that's making its way into the game. It's going to have complete monthly activities to earn currency toward decking out our characters and cosmetic transmogs, pets, and mounts with new items and activities introduced every month beginning on February 1st when the trading post and org and storm wind open for the very first time. And the trading post opens for business in the morning of February 1st, and that will be at your local time. And there will also be storms of epic proportions because a new Primal Storm event is going to be arriving, the Storm's Fury. It's brewing and will take place in the Primalist future. The Primalists are rallying some of the strongest forces to preserve their plans to dominate Azeroth. Head out with your fellow adventurers to seal their portals and defeat their mighty monstrosities. The Storm's Fury event will spin up every five hours. When it's active, head to the Temporal Conflicts portal in Feldrassus. And for us brave defenders, we will receive Essence of the Storm, which can be exchanged for rewards like the Skyskin Hornstrider Mount or the Lost time lost a Vorquin full pet. You can also get items to help weather the storm as the Primalists try to freeze their enemies to the bone. We will be given the opportunity to expand our wardrobe with common white and poor gray quality gear, which I got a drop. I hope I didn't sell it. We got, I got a drop today. It was a gorgeous dress and it was a gray and I was like, oh, I can't wait. And then I hope I didn't automatically sell it bummer. Well, I'll have to remember to stop selling them, but we will be able to wear them and transmog them. That's going to be fun. Each item will now be bind on equip and can be added to our appearances collection so we can mix and match like the stylists we are to create the ultimate transmog sets for any occasion we may be attending. And there is just seems to be like unlimited possibilities. I just feel like this is a long time coming and a lot of people will be ready with new outfits for when the trial of style returns so i'm excited i can't wait for all these new things to be added to the game and i really like the momentum that i'm seeing with this content Our third retail WoW news item is Vaults of the Incarnates. Raid Finder Wing 3 is now live. The Primalists have breached the Titan prison used to hold the Incarnates for millennia within Razageth. 
performs a foul ritual to unleash her siblings so together they can purge the world of the titan's influence. The champions of Azeroth must assault this impregnable fortress and break their defenses to end this threat. While many could fall, defeat condemns all the realms to the incarnate's reign of fire and blood. All right, raid bosses, there will be eight. The difficulties are raid finder, normal, heroic, and mythic. Level 70, you must be. Raid finder minimum item level of 359. And raid unlock schedule is as follows. It started with the week of December 12th and moved into December 19th. And then the third week was January 2nd. And now this being the fourth week of January 16th. That is why the Raid Finder Wing 3 is open for you to check out with Fury of the Storm. And that has the Broodkeeper, Diurna, Razagath, the Storm Eater. All of that becomes available. Now, Broodkeeper Diurna is the fierce guardian of the Primalist Clutch Warren. She devotes her considerable strength to protect the unhatched and seeks vengeance for the one she lost. And Razagath, the Storm Eater, devoutly believes that Dragonkind was meant to be as wild and free as the storm itself should she succeed at freeing her fellow incarnates from their ancient prison, Razagath and her kin will topple the aspects and scour the world clean of every trace of the Titan's influence. Now, this next chunk of WoW retail news, I was pleasantly surprised to stumble upon on Twitter. It is the Jade Bright Forsear mount with the purchase of a six-month subscription. I was like, what? This is so cute. I love the fact that they give us the option to purchasing our subscription a six months at a time, not just getting that, that little discount that comes with it, but also to get a gift that goes along with it too so they advertised it to us by saying leap into new adventures astride jade bright forcier pandaria's optimistic rabbit spirit that will carry you around azeroth and beyond with pure joy add the jade bright seer hoppy rabbit spirit mount to your muster of mounts purchase this mount from in-game or the blizzard shop or you can get it with that six month subscription. And if you get it with the six month subscription, you also get the Hoplet Pet in World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King Classic. So this time, I think that's cool that they're offering that it's not just only available in retail. You get a gift for both games. That might not make the hardcore WoW Classic people very happy, but I'm not making those judgment calls, so I can rejoice that, you know, my classic character can have a bummy. And somebody might spit on me if I have it out. I don't know. It's possible. But whatever. It's pixel spit. Who cares? <laughs> so, uh, you hop into a bright future. They put it, um, uh, uh, 
video of the animations. I'll put that in the show notes. So, but from what I can tell, you can, it's a flying mount and a ground mount because the animations do show it hopping through the sky. So, yeah. So, if you like to get your game time in six month increments, you can unlock this hoplet for your WoW Classic Lich King characters, and you can have a mount for your retail character. And if you just want the mount separately without paying for a six-month subscription up front, you can get it for $25 on the us.shop.battle.net site. Beginning on January 20th and going till January 22nd, the gates will open in the 2023 Dragonflight Season 1 Arena World Championship, referred to as the AWC. Tune in to all four cups to see which teams will qualify to continue in the tournament. You can watch this on Twitch and on YouTube. If the competition wasn't already excited enough, these cups will present a lot of new additions to the Arena World Championship, including both the Nakudan Proving Grounds and Evokers. Competitors will battle for the title of both the champion of their series and the clan's greatest warrior in the Nakudan Proving Grounds. While tackling the tricky terrain that includes ramps, pillars, and a middle wall, evokers are ready to prove themselves as these scale-coded competitors enter the AWC for the very first time. So you can go to watch um, the at the Warcraft Twitch channel, that's twitch.tv forward slash Warcraft, and also their YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Warcraft. Now this, the first cup, cup one, is running through January 20th to the 22nd. And if you miss that one, or if you get it and you don't want to miss the second cup, that is, starts at January 27th and goes to the 29th. Cup 3 runs February 3rd to the 5th, and Cup 4 runs February 10th to the 12th. Now these broadcasts start at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Central European Time. The prize pool is $400,000 U.S. dollars across the entire season with a 10 thousand US dollar per cup and the format is a double elimination best of five. Now the talent that we'll be beating is Azale, Aya, Supatiz, Vanruki, and Zequo. Registration is still open for AWC Cups 2 and 4, and with them your chance to earn the new Thundering Banner of the Aspects. This in-game toy will be rewarded to any AWC team that competes in a full AWC Cup. You can sign up at Game Battles for the next tournament. That can be found at GameBattles.MajorLeagueGaming.com. Alright, on January 17th, 2023, they posted a list of new hotfixes. So, they started with dungeons and raids. 
in the vault of the incarnates they fixed an issue where the damage zone visual for stone breaking leap from quarry stone breakers sometimes did not match the actual damage location in mythic plus algathar academy overgrown ancient fix an explosive affix the hungry lashers no longer spawn explosive orbs in Azure Vaults, the Arcane Fury's piercing shards impact damage reduced by 30%. Unstable Curator's Forbidden Knowledge cooldown increased. Arcane Construct Health reduced by 25%. The Crystal Thasher no longer used splintering shards. Null Magic Horn Swag Health was reduced by 15%. And the Talash Gray Wing Health was reduced by 10%. And there is now a two second delay before players take damage from frozen ground after Frost Bomb. And the Umbreskul's Health is reduced by 15%. And the Oppressive Miasma now reduces movement speed by 6% per stack down from 7%. In the Ruby Life Pools, they reduced the damage of Primalist Cinder, Cind Weaver's Cinder Bolt by 50%. They reduced the periodic damage of Thunderhead's Rolling Thunder by 30%. Reduced the damage of Flame Gullet's Molten Blood by 25%. Reduced the periodic damage of Blazebound Destroyer's Inferno by 25%. And Maladrusa's Chillworn Fixed an explosive affix. Infused whelps no longer spawn explosive orbs. The Kokia Blaze Hoof. They increased the cast time of Blaze Bound Firestorm's Roaring Blaze to three seconds, up from two seconds. And the Kai Kyrica and Urquhart Storm Vein reduced the periodic damage of Kyrica's Infernal Core by 20%, reduced the damage of Urquhart Storm Vein's interrupting cloud burst by 30%. For quests, the Lunar Festival now starts on January 24th to allow for new elders to search out on the Dragon Isles and in the Wrath of the Lich King Classic. I'll share that when we get there. The latest PvP changes in Warcraft Retail was in the doo -doo -doo, Battlegrounds. Evoker's Time Stop can no longer be used to drop orbs of power in Temple of Kotmangu, Katmogu, or Flags in Warsong Gulch or Twin Peaks. Oh, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I ran into stuff like that when I was in the Temple of Katmogu. <laughs> I had never fought evokers in PvP on my BM Hunter, and I was just like, oh, this is going to be interesting. It was a lot of fun. They did do a tweak on January 11, 2023 to our dragon riding. They rebalanced the dragon rider's cultivation, increasing the amount to 400% up from just 10%, and reducing the duration to 3 seconds down from 10 seconds so this should provide for more of a bonus for those that like to gather on the go how amazing
Wow had shared the latest Dragonflight Season 1 DPS rankings for Week 5 of Heroic Vault of the Incarnates. They got the information from Warcraft Logs Heroic Raid stats. So if that is something that you are interested in checking out, I'll put the link to that in the show notes or you can just head to wowhead.com to update yourself on the latest DPS rankings. Now, they do have the graphs up so that you can see the overall DPS of the raid and then the overall DPS of the bosses. I was happy to see that Beastmaster Hunter getting closer to middle of the lane and sad for the survival hunters that were like third from the bottom. But then, as always, the marksmanship hunters are a little bit above mid and arcane mages are right at the top and then there's unholy death knights right beneath them and then the new class of the evokers devastation branch is third in line followed by assassination rogue balanced druid outlaw rogue enhancement shaman shadow priest subtlety rogue affliction warlock and then that markmanship hunter so that is like the first 10-ish slots from the top and then at the very bottom is the fury warriors and the fire mages and the survival hunters just hanging out down there for now but you know it changes And Blizzard China has released a lengthy statement noting their failure to negotiate a six-month extension to the impending shutdown of Blizzard game services in China on January 23rd, along with an update for Chinese players to back up their game progress and the continued search for a new publishing partner. You can read that if you can read Chinese on Wowhead and in the show notes. They do include the letter there and the extension is a no-go. According to this lengthy statement, Blizzard reached out to NetEase about a possible six months extension to their licensing agreement and although we don't really know the details of the extension, it was turned down. And Blizzard China is quoted saying, we we approached NetEase It says Blizzard China said, so the Blizzard China branch. We approached NetEase again last week for assistance in exploring a six-month extension for our our existing agreement, which is based on terms NetEase had agreed to in 2019 to allow everyone to continue playing without disruption and for Blizzard to continue exploring a reasonable and long-term path forward in the China region. Unfortunately, NetEase did not accept our proposal to extend the existing game service agreement following last week's extension negotiations. We will therefore have to comply with NetEase's offer. Therefore, we will have to follow NetEase's suspension announcement to discontinue the game service in China on January 23rd, 2023. Wowhead goes on to report that they think it might be related that they also learned that NetEase has already disbanded the local team working on titles licensed from Blizzard Entertainment and has also been reported by the South China Morning Post via the WCC tech, they link in their article, with those employees that are already laid off for or being reassigned, leaving only a skeleton crew of 10 to cover customer service and technical issues. It is so far unclear 
unclear whether or not that actually had anything to do with NetEase's decision to turn down Blizzard's extension. It is also possible that the terms of the deal were not favorable for them or NetEase was simply tired of dealing with Blizzard as some other sources have actually suggested. There are some more quotes from Blizzard China, one of them about players' progress archived, and they added that it's important for everyone at Blizzard to properly save your game progress items and memories. We create these worlds so that you can feel you're a part of them. We want you to be able to move on from where you left off. We hope that NetEase will follow its previous end-of-service announcement and properly seal all players' game data to give CN World of Warcraft players and an additional peace of mind, in addition to the game data ceiling provided by NetEase, Blizzard will also launch a feature tomorrow, being January 18th at the time, Beijing time, that will allow that CN World of Warcraft players to download their game progress for the future. When the game comes back online in the future, you will be able to upload your save game history in order to continue playing. This feature will continue to be available until the game ends service in China. We will share more information about the World of Warcraft progress archive with you on Weibo. And then they also have a quote by Blizzard China um, in regards to the progress of finding new partners. They shared that they have started talks with a number of potential partners who share their player first values. They continue to prioritize potential partners that can provide high quality and consistent gameplay, create a positive gaming environment for both inside and outside of the game, and work with them to bring their games back to the players in China. They will also be sharing new developments with them in the future. Unfortunately, NetEase is unwilling to extend the service for six months based on the terms of the existing partnership. They will be continuing to look for a new partner and however they will not give up and will still do their best for everyone and they want everyone to understand that it is not over yet they will still try to find a national partner who shares their beliefs wait a minute wait a minute doc uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a delorean For the Wrath Classic news, I'm going to be starting from a post at worldofwarcraft.com that was posted on January 11th, so technically seven days ago, but still very relevant because they're letting everyone know that the week of January 16th, which were only a couple days past, uh, the dungeon and raid emblem changes have taken effect. But they want to let everybody know that we can join Brand Bronzebeard's expedition, explore Alduar, and take part in an epic tournament as the forces of Azeroth prepare for a confrontation with the Lich King and the next content phase of Wrath of Lich King Classic. So here's the complete schedule. So, like I said, available starting this week, January 16th, the dungeon and raid emblem changes take place. The new emblem type is now available. The emblem emblem of conquest. Emblems of conquest can be obtained from all bosses in Alduar and from the proof of demise heroic dungeon daily quests. 
Emblems of Valor can now be obtained from all heroic dungeon bosses and from the normal dungeon daily quests, Time Mere Forces. Emblems of Heroism can no longer be obtained from heroic dungeon bosses. You can exchange Emblems of Conquest or Valor for Emblems of Heroism at a money changer in Dalaran, such as Usuri Brightcoin, located at the Cant Trips and Crow's Tavern of the Underbelly. There are new Emblem of Conquest vendors available in Dalaran, located in the Sun Reaver Sanctuary for the Horde and the Silver Enclave for the Alliance. Now they will be accepting these Emblems of Conquest in exchange for powerful loot like necks, waists, hands, and leg slot items, as well as select raid set items and deadly gladiator PvP sets. And the Argent Tournament is beginning as the might of the Scourge wanes under the pressure of the Azeroth's heroes. The Argent Crusade has taken a foothold in Arthas's backyard. Off the northeastern coast of Ice Crown, they have sounded the call for the most bold and brave adventurers of the Horde and Alliance to take part in the Argent Tournament. Representatives of all ten faction capitals, from Undercity to the Exodar, have traveled to the tournament grounds to find champions among their heroes who will prepare for the inevitable battle against the enemy of all living beings, the Lich King. While the tournament grounds are still under construction, you can still travel to Ice Crown and visit the Argent Tournament grounds daily quest hub to prepare for the challenges ahead. Now there's Conquer the Arena in Season 6. After the regional weekly maintenance that started on January 17th, that was yesterday, so, well, technically being that today's the 18th now. So, there's a new arena season that has just begun. At the end of Season 6, qualifying players will receive the Furious Gladiator title of the Fearsome Furious Gladiator's Frostworm Mount. Rating requirements to obtain Furious Gladiator's gear remains unchanged from Season 5. Also, gear from previous arena seasons, including Season 5 gear, can be obtained from arena and honor vendors with adjusted costs in some cases and no rating requirements across the board. And Titan Rune Dungeons are going to be a thing. A new mysterious Titan Relic now looms near the entrance of all level 80 heroic dungeons. Once your party interacts with it and channels its power, the relic will cause all enemies in the dungeon to gain additional health and damage and additional effects depending on the dungeon. Because that's what everybody likes. Gear that formerly dropped in normal 10 player versions of Naxxramas, Eye of Eternity, and Obsidian Sanctum can now drop from dungeon boss when they're under the effects of the mysterious Titanic Relic. Available starting January 19th, that would be tomorrow, the new raid Alduar arrives. For millennia, Alduar has remained undisturbed by mortals, far away from their concerns and their struggles. Yet since its recent discovery, many have wondered what the structure's original purpose may have been kind of like the pyramids. Some thought it a city built to herald the glory of its makers. Some thought it a vault containing innumerable treasures, perhaps even relics of the mighty titans themselves. Such speculations were wrong. Beyond Alduar's gates lies no city, no treasure vault, no final answer to the titans' mysteries. All of that awaits are those who dare set foot in Alduar is a whore. Even the Titans could not, would not destroy an evil they merely contained.
This massive facility was constructed by the Titans to imprison an unspeakable threat to all of Azeroth. Because we haven't heard that before. And unearth its mysteries and claim the rewards therein. But, you know, try not to lose your mind in the process. Alduar will open at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. In case you did not know, the raid boss is included in Alduar is the Flame Leviathan Ignis the Furnace Master Razor Scale XT Double Two 002 Deconstructor The Assembly of Iron Kulagarn Arya Freya Thorum Mimron Hoder General Vesax Yagsaran Algalon the Observer and you have to be level 80 and location is you will find Nalduar in Storm Peaks in the great land of Northrend. And looking a little further into the future by five days thisness is the new vault of Arkiven Boss. Emelon the Stormwatcher will challenge all who dare to enter the east wing of Vault of Arkvon raid in Wintergrass. Defeat him for a chance to obtain select Alduar raid set items as well as Furious Gladiator PvP loot in a 25 player difficulty and Deadly Gladiator loot in the 10 player difficulty. Beneath ancient Old Wall, the old god of death lies whispering, Tread carefully, or its prison will be your tomb. With Alduar releasing tomorrow, January 19th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Wowhead wanted to take a look back at the class performances in the first phase of raiding in Wrath of Lich King Classic, Naxxramas, Sartharian, and Malagos. So they say when it comes to boss damage, there's no doubt that phase one of the Wrath of Lich King Classic has been the Age of the Unholy Death Knight. The Summon Gargoyle was immensely powerful and players have mastered the techniques to get the absolute most damage out of the ability possible. But both Warlocks and Rogues are top contenders as well as with each class having two strong talent specializations to choose from. For their analysis, they use the data from the Warcraft log statistic page for Naxxramas, Sartharion, and Malagos, and it was accessed on 1-5-2023, so it's a couple weeks past, but they are interested in the maximum potential of each class, so they're actually looking at the 95th percentile of representatives of each class, or the top 5%. 19 out of 20 players will not produce this much raw damage output, but usually the relative power level of the class does not really shift very much when moving down to players closer to medium performance. So I have included the damage graph and all this information for those who might be interested. And if not, you could just head to wowhead.com and find it yourself or go to my show notes at casuallycasualpodcast.wordpress.com. And it looks like, yeah, the Unholy Death Knights were at the top. This was in the Nax, Sartharion, and Malagos boss DPS rankings. And at the very bottom was Gladiator Warriors. In fact, my blessed Beastmaster Hunter is like third from the bottom. But, you know, these are just to kind of give you an idea of, you know, where the DPS damage is for the bosses and so on. But I'm going to include it anyways because I know some find it interesting. 
And Blizzard has released the patch notes for Phase 2, version 3.4.1 build for 7612, which added a new raid, new content, new dailies to the Wrath of the Lich King Classic. And they are as follows. On January 17, 2023, it was posted these notes. Alderwar, all encounters in Alderwar and Wrath Classic have been retuned to use the original and in many cases, most challenging iterations from patch 3.1 of original Wrath of the Lich King. The power level of items found in Alderwar crafting items requiring runed orbs, emblem of conquest items, and season 6 PvP rewards have been increased from the original Wrath the Lich King. And then they put in a developer's notes that this is again a change from the original game that felt appropriate since we're releasing Alduar in its pre-nerf state. Pre-nerf versions of most encounters represent a significant difficulty increase over how these encounters functioned in patch 3.3.5 and item power increases should give Alduar a satisfying gear and boss skill progression and make the effort needed to clear the hard mode versions of some encounters that feel significantly more rewarding. So then they also go on to say that the realm's first death's demise achievement now requires all four titan keepers to be completed on hard mode as well as the assembly of iron completed on the highest level of hard mode within the same lockout as Yogg-Saron kill. They have in the developer's notes that this is a change from 2009 intended to help situations where guilds vying for the realm first achievements might have to make a choice between trying to unlock Elgalon and or completing the Keepers of Hard Mode versus pushing straight to Yogg-Saron for the realm first achievement, potentially missing out on better rewards while making that push. With the keepers required, in addition to assembly of iron, all the required bosses for zero lights in the darkness and Algalon are part of the realm first achievement. This also makes it slightly more difficult to accomplish in general by requiring that all of these hard modes to be completed quickly, which feels more consistent with the modern knowledge and skill level of the players who would attempt this achievement. In addition, in this blue post, the Titan Rune dungeons are talked about. They are a new optional game mode that can be activated in Wrath of the Lich King Classic. That is what we were touching on earlier where the heroic dungeons by having all five players in the group interact with the mysterious device near the dungeon's entrance to activate this defense protocol alpha. Activating the defense protocol alpha will increase the health and damage of the creatures in the dungeon as well as a new thematic gameplay event based on the theme of the dungeon. To accommodate this new game mode, adjusts to loot acquisition have been made in Naxxramas, Eye of Eternity, and the Obsidian Sanctum. Items that previously dropped in the 25 player versions of Naxxramas Ramus, Eye of Eternity, and Obsidian Sanctum will now also drop in the 10-player versions of these raids, which I think is kind of cool because if you can't get the 25 people together, you can up the difficulty of a dungeon and then roll in with 10 players. So that's cool. Items that previously dropped in the 20 in the 10 player versions of Naxxramas, Eye of Eternity, and Obsidian Sanctum will now instead drop in Wrath of Lich King Heroic Dungeons when groups opt into this new Titan Rune Dungeon mode. All bosses in 25 player Naxxramas, Eye of Eternity, and Obsidian Sanctum now drop more items per kill. 
a few specific items from 10 player raids have actually been added to the loot table for each boss in the Titan Rune Dungeons. Each time a boss is killed with Defense Protocol Alpha engaged, one of these items will drop in addition to any other loot drops. Now they have some changes to share. The Flame Cap now shares a cooldown with most potions, and they added a developer note that says this item was erroneously omitted from the list of potions that were added to the same exclusive category when the consumable system was overhauled in patch 2.1.0. And this has actually lingered as a bug since then. This item is difficult to obtain, prohibitively expensive on most realms, and incongruent with the normal rules around consumables Wrath, Wrath Classic. This is also something that likely would have been changed in Wrath in the original Wrath had it been used as widely as it will be in the upcoming releases due to the nature of many encounters. There are some changes with the Death Knight spell Summon Gargoyle. It will no longer snapshots the haste level of the controlling Death Knight at the moment the spell is used and now dynamically updates the haste value to use with each cast of Gargoyle Strike. And they say that they did this because in testing, this adjustment has not made a huge difference in the DK's power relative to most other classes. And it has actually smoothed out a lot of the rough edges in gameplay that the previous haste snapshot methods caused. And that they will continue to monitor the DK performance and representation in raids the coming weeks and make further adjustments should they prove to be absolutely necessary. Several adjustments have also been made to the group finder tool. An icon has been added when browsing the available dungeon and raid activities to warn players that they have already completed or are otherwise locked out to that dungeon or raid. This reminder should reduce situations where a player may list themselves for an activity that they are actually already saved to. Class colors have been added to the group listing names. Soul of Iron and Survivor of the Fire Lore titles have been added for characters that complete those challenges in Season of Mastery and move their character to Wrath Classic. Additionally, the functionality has been added to the Guild Calendar. Guild Masters and Officers may now create Guild events and announcements and mass invite any players that have signed up for created events. This is awesome. Existing guild events may be edited by the GM or officer who created them or moderators designed by the creator of the event to assign a moderator. Right-click a player's name who has signed up and select Grant Moderator Status. Guild announcements may now be edited by the GM or an officer with sufficient permissions. The Orb of Naxxramas is now available just inside the entrance of Naxxramas. You may use it to teleport directly to Frostworm Lair. Developers notes, please note that the immortal and undying achievements will still require you to clear the entire raid without any death knights, <laughs> any deaths, any death knights, any deaths during any boss encounters within a single lockout. That can be done in any order now. And now there's also an entirely massively huge list of actual individual fixes that they added that I will no longer I will not be reading any more of because it's a, it's a huge list of like 30 plus things that they fixed, different bugs and so on, but guess where you can find it in the show notes.
All right, now it's time for the birdhouse, where I go to Twitter, and I see what we have been tweeting about Warcraft, and I think I will share one of my comments, because I got annoyed. I, w I was so happy when I saw the bunny mount for the six-month sub coming out, and I thought, what a cool thing, because I love extra rewards. You know, yeah, you get a little bit of a discount by purchasing your sub six months in advance, and yes, there are some people that give you the side eye and go, hmm, why does Warcraft have to lock you in for six months? Are they just trying to pad their wallets? I don't care. I don't care. I pad their wallets every month with $15. So if I can get a little bit of a discount that I think it adds up to like $12.99 a month instead of $15 something like $89 a month or whatever, then, or $14.99, I can't remember. I pay too many things every month. But if I can get a discount and a cute, awesome bunny mount and a bunny pet in classic, why wouldn't I? But oh, you know, there were some people under there like they are because it's the internet and they're like, how about stop making mounts and make the game fun? And I was like, newsflash, both can be done at the same time, people. Too many suffer from this, the this or that mindset. Many options, many scenarios, many choices exist in life. Like, I, I, that, I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves with just, I, I wouldn't just say the Warcraft community, but maybe gaming, maybe humans, maybe the human community, you know, you guys, me, all of us. Um, it's, it's, we think so much in a this or that, good, bad, black, white, you know, make mounts or make the game fun. How? Why can't they do both? Why can't they make mounts and also make the game fun? It's not like one person is developing the game and they're like, hold the phone. I've got to go make a bunny mount. And then the mount was actually one from Pandaria anyway. So it's not like they're using these assets, like they're completing them from ground up. You know, it's just like, come on, people. So stop your complaining and realize that Blizzard is a company. They have a Warcraft sector and people work on Warcraft, not just one person in a little dusty desk in the corner and they have to take the time from making the game fun to make them out. Okay, let's just not, let's just rewire that thought process because it's weird. Wowhead tweeted out, they just wanted to remind Wrath Classic players that before logging into Phase 2 Wrath Classic content to make sure to update your add-ons because Phase 2 actually brings with it many add-on API changes which impact most add-ons that have UI elements. Alright, our next tweet is from Rachel Gershom, our captain at Hunter Gershom, and they tweeted, Does anyone else feel like DF just dropped yesterday? I'm still having so much fun and there's so much to do. And I definitely feel the same way because I feel like I get so distracted with all these awesome things to do and I'm like, I'm not even level 70 yet. I feel like such a stinker. I'm really close, but 
I have a lot of fun just going around, checking out the new zones, checking out the different pets, taming different pets. I'm just taking my time going through the campaign. I'm keeping all the side quests to the side. Plus, I got on and played with my different um, alts, too, because I'm scattered all over the place. So, that's fun. And also we've had some computer drama, like my cat chewing my charging cord on my laptop. And that's honestly where I play most of my Warcraft because my PC is in the basement and it's cold because it's freaking winter right now. So then my daughter's computer got messed up and we her laptop. And for Christmas, we built her a PC, um, you know, built her computer to play. So while that was being built and we're working through all the bugs and, and everything, um, I let her use my laptop. So that cut down my gaming time too. So it just feels like when it rains, it pours. So pile that on with the fact that Rachel is pointing out a very good point. Is it? Yeah, I definitely agree. It feels like it just dropped. I look back and I'm like, holy cow, it's been what over a month now? And it just feels like yesterday. Totally agree. Chris at mall underscore walking tweeted out, it would seem I'm going to need to get back on the mythic train if I want to keep gearing and I absolutely do because I'm a total average item level enjoyer. Does anyone have any recommendations for what makes a good my first mythic i.e. MO on the Dragonflight pool? And Presbar... Presbar Horn replied, I would suggest doing um, or starting with one of the Dragon Isles dungeons in MO and then if you feel good to start with Shadow Moon and Mythic Plus 2 and f 2 through 4. This instance is easy. Chris replied, that's good advice. Thank you. Any recommendations for DF Dungeon makes a good first MO? I haven't done any of them enough to have a favorite. All I know is that I do not enjoy knockhood offensive. And then Pressbar Horn recommends Naltheris, but Azure Vault is okay, or Halls of Infusion. So there is some helpful information if you are in Chris's boat. And Stolen Fate at Druid Stolen Fate tweeted out on January 6th. Honest offer, if you would like to step into Mythic Plus, let me know. I can heal lower ones, explain mechanics, DPS whatever, etc. My guild runs all kinds constantly. North American server. So there you go. I'm bored. You want to go for a drive? Sure. You know where I'd like to go? Where? I'd like to go cruise some forums. Hmm. Sure. Right, so for our first um, cruising the forum post, I landed in Reddit Classic Wow, but then it also blends in with the Wow Classic Forum bug report because it's titled "Slaves to Serenite Daily Has a Massive Bug," and it's. <laughs> I'm sure to be laughing because this is absolutely horrible, but it just. I'm laughing because 
it's titled Slaves to Serenite. It's a daily in the quest. It's a daily quest in Wild Classic. <laughs> just listen, just listen. I just started doing my daily rounds, and when I got to Slaves to Serenite daily, I heard the gold sound. <laughs> when I attempted to rescue one. I'm sorry, it's getting funny. After a few tries, I became suspicious. Something was wrong because I was missing 5,000 gold. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did one more rescue and saw that each slave that you... <laughs> each slave that you interact with takes 500 gold from you. They said they're currently missing 5,500 gold. WTF, I want my money back. So... I mean, could you imagine? I'm laughing because it's just so crazy to think about. Like, you're doing a daily quest. You're saving. You're rescuing these people, these slaves. But then every time you rescue one, they jack 500 gold for you. It's so crazy. All right. So, some of the posts on all uh, the replies on Reddit, my eyes are watering. Um, Soda Sodve said, saving slaves ain't free, man. And then verb adjective noun said, just tested it. It didn't happen to me. And then what is it that, what's that 007 said, go spend 500 gold more testing this while recording and post it with proof. You're much more likely to get help or a refund. And if you're already down 5,500 gold, what's another $500 or 500 gold to provide the proof? And then Aaron came in and saved the day and said, this actually just happened to me. I went from 18K gold down to 2K on my mage. I don't know what to do since none of the support tickets have anything that matches my problem. Thank you. And from what I talked about in my last episode, even if you do put in a freaking support ticket, it was like a 30, 30 plus day wait. So good luck. <laughs> Worth dragon fruit for 15 sub. This happened to me too. I didn't even notice until like 40 minutes later. I thought the sound effect was just delayed from me looting something. And then I checked my bags and I noticed I was randomly missing 4.5k gold. When I went back and tested it, it was only stealing 10 gold per click on the slaves. I have no idea why the amount seemed to change. And then... Um, initial monitor said this quest was bugged for me today as well. I didn't lose any gold but the slaves were bugged and didn't do anything. Sorry dude, that sucks. So then they linked they're like, here, can you please help you know, get um, please upvote and give attention to my Blizzard post. So I went over to the US forums at blizzard.com and this person said they lost more than 200k gold. So they must have just kept doing the quest and not realizing their gold is like going away. Um, uh, Mag Magiope, 80 troll mage. I just lost 16, 16k gold trying to do this daily right before the Alderwar release too. Just lost half of my gold trying to do some dailies. How does this even happen? So hopefully they'll see this bug. It's in the WoW Classic bug report forums now and also on Reddit. But this is nuts, you know? It's not cool that these people are losing this freaking gold just from trying to do a daily and then right before the raid launches. It's just crazy. But it's also comical, okay? I'm not going to lie. It's because it ain't happening to me, right? 
you know, but it's just like so preposterous. And I think it was because the original poster was like, I heard the gold sound. <laughs> It's nuts. It's just so crazy. And to be honest, I can laugh because I have all the faith that they will fix this and that they will right the wrong. I really hope they do because I feel like they, why wouldn't they, right? All right, I got another one. Uh, this is all from the usforums.blizzard.com and this is in general discussions and it's titled, What is the best gold farm right now? And Face Slap, a 44 Pandaren monk, posted, I found out that I actually enjoy repetitive tasks. What's the best and most accessible gold farm right now? How much can I make per hour farming with this method? Thanks for any advice. Then Nobly replied, If people tell you here, it won't be the best anymore because everyone will flock to it. It's probably best to go check a variety of YouTubers. Then, Facelap replied, It's okay, I can keep a secret, because pandas are trustworthy. And then Rita chimed in and said, There's often a 2x4 in each expansion, which can get you some materials, but the gold isn't great. It's very, very repetitive. There's one in Azure Span right now. Just go into Groups, Custom, and join Group, a labeled 2x4. Then, fly to where the people are. I have to admit, in 30 minutes, I made probably 4K gold. It didn't seem worth it, but it's not terrible. And then Facelap said, what is a 2x4? And then Rita said, two groups of four people, eight people total, killing mobs and getting loot for them. It bypasses loot restrictions, so you can have more people farming. And if you have a group of five, the mob will be tagged gray to everyone else, so you can only get five people farming the mobs. But in a two by four, your group doesn't gray it out, so someone else in the other group can tag it and get loot. And since someone in that group tagged it, everyone in the other group gets loot too. And then as too long didn't read, it's eight people farming mobs over and over. Usually the mobs respawn quickly, and that makes a good two by four spot. And then, this was why I started laughing, um, Sasseray said, that's what that means. I thought people were just really into lumber. <laughs> I could definitely see why you would think that. So, and then Foxu just said, Visa or MasterCard? Boom, boom. <laughs> Our next one is titled, Should Leveling Be More Difficult in Retail? In the general discussions in the Warcraft forums. And this is by Thoughts and Prayer. That is a cool name. Uh, leveling is so trivial nowadays. You are basically two shoddy mobs up until 50. And then, do you actually have to use more of your kite? Or your kit? Either or. By the time new players are max level, most don't even know what all of their abilities are because they never had to use them. Starting keys on my alt, I had a mage who didn't know about time warp, warlocks who didn't know that they could make a soul well, many classes who don't have any interrupts, list goes on and on. Leveling needs to have instances where it's almost mandatory to use all of your abilities. Then Exida said, no, 
They tried it a while back. It took like an hour per level. It was dreadful. All it did was make me stop leveling alts. Leveling is the worst part of WoW. And the faster we can do it to get true endgame and fun, the better. Once slow, go play classic. Leave retail alone. Zeta is not buying what they're selling. Nope. And Arathon said, no. That's that. That's it. That's the post. Domalian said, once they flip, they only have to level through one expansion to get to the latest expansion content switched. It'd be kind of lame to unflip it. <laughs> and then um, Thoughts and Prayers said in reply to Exida, who said, once slow, go play classic, leave retail alone. They said, I didn't say slower. I said more difficult. So then they said, same thing. Enter Judas said, same thing. No, back in vanilla, it was a large part of the game. This is no longer the case. So no, it shouldn't be more difficult, AKA take longer. And um, da, 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 they said, leveling is so thoughts and prayer. Leveling is so trivial nowadays. And then Arinity said, and thank God for that. And then Willower said, um, in reply to thoughts and prayers saying you were basically two shoddy mobs until 50 willower said take off the heirlooms and only use the gear that you get and you will need three or four shots per mob and rares are definitely a challenge so rita finishes it up by saying i think if anything they should make separate end game servers where leveling doesn't exist any new character created starts at max level in full normal dungeon gear. We've already done it nine times. Been there, done that. Got the, the G shirt. A G shirt is a t-shirt for gnomes. <laughs> that is so cute. Yeah, I gotta say that I don't think it needs to be more difficult because people are leveling more or less for the story, for the campaign and to rep grind and stuff like that so they don't really want to take that you know stretch that time period out when end game is where everybody's game for the most part begins for them because then they check that off their list they went and did the storyline or the campaign and now they can move on to the content that they want to do and for those who want to stay leveling and stay questing Dragonflight is actually has a lot of quests like if you love to quest and grind and rep grind and all that stuff it just feels like there's a plenty there's a plethora of quests for you to do as I have just stopped doing my quests and I'm only doing my campaigns which is probably why I'm even slower because I'm not out I just don't want to get off the campaign I just want to go as far as I can with my campaign and get that done and I'll be uh, 70 by then so I'm not too far away at all I just keep smelling the roses <laughs> so and I like doing that so that's why this is the show that this is so yeah I I don't want it to be more difficult in retail because you do get that in wild classic for sure my final cruise of the forum post lands me at the reddit slash wow forum and it's titled challenge the monopoly and they got revenge on me and this is titled a discussion dear fellow redditors of world of warcraft three days ago i embarked on a journey to challenge the status quo of the elemental lariat market within my server instead of conforming to the exorbitant prices set by other jewel crafters i decided to offer it for a small tip 
At first, my decision was met with praise, and I was flooded with crafting orders. However, as time passed, the tide began to turn, and I found myself facing hatred and even threats from other jewel crafters. On the third day, I realized that the greed and corruption that had taken hold of the market was not only affecting me, but also the community as a whole. I created a simple macro that allowed me to craft the elemental lariat for a small tip, making it accessible to everyone, but my efforts were met with resistance, and I was banned from the chat. I received an in-game warning for bad communication, and a few hours later I was banned from the chat completely. I want to make it clear that I was not involved in any bad language and never said a bad word to those who bullied me or sent me hate mail. Now I'm unable to advertise my services and the other crafters have won this fight. They abuse the reporting system and silence me effectively without any involvement from Blizzard customer service. If there was someone to verify the validity of the reports, then this would have never happened. My ban appeal was responded to swiftly, but I was told that they could not see which messages were reported and that they could only take action once I was completely banned. I, the CS suggested that I change the price of my service, which I find unacceptable. The answer is not only bad, it's also ridiculous and shows the insanity that is ruining this game and its community. Customer service isn't doing its job and I am, and I am unable to use the chat for some days. This situation has made me think about the importance of fair prices and accessibility within the gaming community. It's crucial that we all come together to create a fair and inclusive environment for everyone. We should strive to make sure that everyone has the same opportunities regardless of their financial situation. It's time to break the mold and challenge the status quo for the betterment of the game and the community. During those three days, I crafted 235 brand new elemental lariats and completed over 100 recrafts of existing ones. Someone even started to advertise for me on the Alliance side of my beloved server, Thrall EU. Once I am unbanned, I will take my efforts a step further and begin crafting the elemental lariat completely for free, including the recrafts. I want to add like a maniacal. <laughs> my goal is to completely and utterly disrupt the market for the elemental lariat. I strongly believe that one of the best items in the game should be accessible to everyone, regardless of whether or not they are new players or have limited gold. I am determined to make this a reality. In-game warning. Edit. Thanks for all the positive feedbacks in the comments. Seems like I can, after some hours, write and chat again, but I don't have anything from Blizzard yet. Here are some screenshots of the customers in German, and then they add them, and I'll put it in the, in the show notes. And they said, Schley is me. I hope I comply with the rules. English isn't my native language. I hope I could convey my message. You wouldn't have fooled. I mean, you definitely fooled me because they wrote a very flowing post. Definitely. Edit two, just to clarify, I got banned from chat, not from the game itself. I love that. I love that they want to turn it upside down. I love bucking the status quo. Yep. This, they definitely speak my language. 
I think that's awesome. Sorry. Sorry if that pisses you off, but they're allowed to play the game the way they want to play the game. And if they want to make amazing graphs and like sell it for cheap and you don't like it, sorry, that's market. That's how the market works. You know, they wanted to sell it low and, and they would rather instead of worrying about how much money they could make, they their the message was more important to them than the money and there's a lot of things like that in the real world you know there's a lot of people who do things for the principal and not the cash and there's no reason why that the alpha bottom 92 shouldn't be able to do that too you know what i mean so that's my opinion you don't have to share it but I, all the power to them. I hope they reply back with like an update on how it went down because I think that's awesome. Some of the replies like Mr. Zarbear said, like how is that not just an instant forgiveness? There's literally no evidence of wrongdoing in a system that tracks all the things that are said. That has big cops kill man with no active warrants energy. It's weird, isn't it? And I'm telling you, I think my experience with reporting when I was trapped in Ouroboros with like literally no way out until I figured out myself if I could track down a mage to get me out, um, that their customer service is sorely lacking and I don't know what it is because I don't work there and I don't know anybody who works there and I just feel like that seems to be the weak link right now amongst probably other things that they've already struggled with and they're trying to work on stuff. I don't know why their customer service is so crap right now. Like you shouldn't have to wait 30 plus days for a reply. And when you put in a ticket, that's literally what my ticket had said. So I don't even know how they're allowing someone who's paying for a service to play their game was spam banned by players, which can be totally abused you know that's no way to run a game and then when they go to check when someone finally gets with them to check they're like yeah we don't have any proof that you know unless you're really banned from the game so it's like your gameplay can be affected that i don't think you should have to play i think you should get a pause and until you that activates again because you shouldn't be paying part of your monthly fee to not be able to use the game the way that you are paying to play it but also not being able to use all of its you know functionality you shouldn't be locked out of a chat because some people got you know mad at you because you were selling things lower than them in a fake world for fake money you know what i mean that in a game that you play real money for to play so mana ray jack said it's a bot replying to him yeah exactly it has to be a bot because i was literally told 30 plus days before i would get an actual person it's a bot replying to him he has to keep submitting an appeal until a real person reads it and then um, Aeger77 said, or until they get told that if they make one more appeal that they will be punished for GM harassment. <laughs> yeah, right. And then Monterey Jack said, you just keep appealing because that is also automated. <laughs> so Aeger said, perhaps I'm just being cheeky based on a previous post where that actually happened to someone. I wouldn't be surprised. These auto bot answers and stuff, it's just like, you don't feel heard as a customer when you are getting, you know, 
treated badly in a game in, in something that you pay to play and then you are getting trolled and then you're getting ganged up on and you're the one who is suffering, not them. So I think that sucks. Um, this person said, I had this problem and then they shared their support ticket. I'm going to click on it, see what it takes it to. It says some Argent Tournament daily quests not appearing after faction change. And um, they, oh, it has nothing to do with what the person posted. They said, I had this problem. It literally says to contact support. I quoted the part relevant to my problem from the article and linked the page. I got an automated message telling me to go read the support page and it closed my ticket. Yeah, their customer service, I'm going to say, Blizzard's customer service sucks. It's definitely not the way it used to be back when I have had to use it before. I was appalled to find out that I would have to wait 30 plus days before I would even be able to escape Ouroboros on my main character. Like that was mind blowing to me that they are lacking this. They're putting like so much attention and amping up the game, amping up the game, doing all these Twitch drops, you know, all the stuff out in the front, out in the storefront. Look at us, new expansion, new drops, new content, gifts here, gifts there. But if something bad happens to you in the game that makes the game unplayable for you, good luck. I feel like, why is nobody talking about this? It's weird. <laughs> it's like buying a car and then driving it out of the parking lot and then the wheels fall off and then you have to wait 30 days to get a new wheel. <laughs> And you're just literally outside of the lot. <laughs> and you're like, hey, can you just can you just drag me back into the garage and fix it? You know, and not to say it shouldn't even happen. Like we shouldn't have to wait 30 plus days. And we shouldn't have to just have our tickets um read by a bot and then like auto close. <laughs> it is awful. They definitely if I had to pee on Blizzard's parade at any point, that would be it. Like, I'm enjoying everything else, but this is just wrong. Has your guild died and you don't want to join another guild? Does your guild log in and raid then immediately log out, leaving your casual booty alone and shivering, talking to the statues in Veldraken or the potted plants in Dalaran? Is your server dead, but you would rather order a pizza instead of buy a server transfer? Do you love your guild, but also love to expand your social circles in the hopes of hanging out and meeting fun, like-minded people? Is the phrase, the more the merrier, tattooed on your butt cheeks? Do you love to play many characters, multiple factions across many different servers, making it hard to establish roots in one guild? Do you crave to be a part of a guild family, but you're also an introvert? So it's kind of complicated, like the relationship you have with Netflix that keeps you entertained, but keeps killing off your favorite shows after one season? Is the poster, gaming is about the journey and not the leaderboards, a poster plastered on your bedroom ceiling? Do you love Warcraft, but also enjoy playing other games on the side? Do you want to add another Discord to the pile you're already a member of and share the latest pictures of your butts or the latest screenshots from your adventures? 
Do you want to help grow a new bifactional cross-rum variety gaming community? Then Clutchmates Gaming Community may be for you. There's actually only one way to find out. Head to CozyPodcastNetwork.com or CasuallyCasualPodcast.wordpress.com and find out more about the group. The Discord invite link is right there for you and you can find out how to join us in-game right from the menu options or... And also, follow uh, WoW Clutchmates on Twitter. Can't wait to meet you. All right, as you just heard, Clutchmates Gaming is up and growing. And we're small right now. We have a few members that are in the Discord. And I wanted to thank those who have made the way over there. I wanted to thank Chef Monkey for joining the Discord. And the lovely Avronim is also there. Savage Turnip, Theandon, Todd, and also Arkham's Inmate. And Bricko, I wanted to thank all of you for joining the Discord and being a part of this fun group family that I wanted to um, create. I miss the days of being able to get in, you know, back in the day in Ventrilo or whatever we had. There was a couple different ones I remember being in. And I think one started with an M. It escapes me right now. But I just remember Vent. Vent was the thing. But I I miss being able to converse and talk and laugh and have fun and goof around and stuff and game and being able to hold events. Everything seems to be so rushed and so serious. So I really want to cultivate that. And in order to do that, I'm going to be hosting like a month meetup so we can get in, in Discord and kind of like an icebreaker and get to know each other and hold like um, whatever game we want to jump in. Most of us playing Warcraft right now. Um, that's where the bifactional community is. If you are wanting to join the cross-faction, cross-realm community, all you have to do is open up your community finder tab in Warcraft and go to um, the community, find a community option, but make sure in your filter that you put in cross-faction. You, it's just a little drop down menu. You click on it, cross faction, and then just type in clutch mates or even clutch. I think there's a one group called clutch and then there's our group called clutch mates. So that's where we're at right now. I did make a card site for it so you can find all of the links to it at clutchmates.card.co. That's clutchmates.card.co. So check that out, and I definitely hope that you will join us in game. We can join up now, cross-faction and cross-server. So there's really no reason to have a guild. I did make a guild to put a lot of my ults in because my main is on Proudmoore, but it's really hard right now to create the community, which is first in my book, is the cross-faction, cross-realm community. That is first in my book. And for those people who are just like a stickler and want to have a name above them and want to have a guild home to throw all of their alts in, I do have that on Proudmore Alliance. But it, right now with just me running it and running stuff, it's hard. 
um, I'm cultivating the community, the cross-faction, cross-realm community. And the good news is you can be in that and you can be in multiple communities. So don't think that you have to drop something in order to join. You can join on Horde or Alliance and I love that. So I really hope to see you in game. Alright, for a trade chat, we have a couple events that we need to go over that are going on in the game of World of Warcraft in retail. And this week is the weekly bonus event, World Quests. And this post was posted on January 17, 2023. All week, we can open our map with the default hotkey M and select any of the Dragon Isles regions to view the world quests available to us. To find out more about each world quest, simply hover over your mouse over a world quest on the map to see what tasks are needed to complete it, the rewards that you will receive, and also the time remaining that the quest is available to you. Look for the following week all looking for the following all week long. There's Kazra the Veldraken has a quest for you called The World Awaits. You can also start the quest from within the adventure guide by hitting Shift J. The quest requirement is to complete 10 world quests in the Dragon Isles. Reward you get 2500 reputation with one of the major factions, Dragon Scale Expedition, the Iskara Tuskar, the Maruk Centaur, and the Veldraken accord the passive buff is plus 50 percent to reputation gains from the world quests and if you've been looking to impress any of the major factions this is definitely the week to do it and just a reminder that every week the bonus event system consists of a rotating schedule of different activities currently scheduled to run each week beginning on tuesdays and each bonus event grants a passive bonus to that particular game activity and offers a once her event quest with a noteworthy reward for accomplishing the related goal. And for the PvP lovers, you can jump into Warsong Scramble. Warsong Scramble has captured the flag. Do you have a flag? Warsong Gulch has always been the scene of an epic captured the flag battle. But what happens when you can capture your enemy's flag without your own at the base? Or if there are multiple flags at each base. Find out when you step into this PvP brawl. We've also added a few more power-ups to the field of battle to stir things up a bit. To win, your team will need to be the first to capture 10 flags. This event started on January 17th and will run till January 24th. Next week is going to be from January 24th to January 31st. It's going to be Cooking Impossible Resource Race where Nomi is hosting a Pandaren chili cook-off in the Valley of the Four Winds between the Alliance and the Horde, and the first to bring Nomi all the required ingredients wins. That sounds like a lot of fun. I've not done that one. And I wanted to wrap up Trade Chat by spotlighting an interview. It's a Nagura interview with lead encounter designer Matt Villers. They designed the Mythic Plus and Thundering Affix. And Nagura recently interviewed the lead encounter designer Matt Villers on Mythic Plus. They discussed Mythic Plus design philosophy, the Thundering seasonal affix, class balances, and much more. You can watch the full interview which includes a discussion on all these topics such as design philosophy, loots, 
dungeons, class balances, and affixes. So you can head to wowhead.com in the news section or the link in the show notes, but it's an awesome interview. And I wanted to spotlight an episode of the Third Faction show, and it came out on October 30th, 2022, so it's a little... Uh, just a couple months old. So if you haven't listened to it, I definitely recommend you listening to it. It's where Bricko actually goes on a bit of a rant about the recent World of Warcraft release times and what it means to him. And it was a really cool episode because it kind of happened on the fly. There just happened to be a cool amount of us in the Lion's Pride Tavern um, Discord and Bricko just really wanted to get something off his chest. And I think it's something that a lot of us can identify with. I know I feel the same way many times. We struggle wanting to play the games that we love, but we also have adulting things that have to happen. And when World of Warcraft dropped Dragonflight and Wrath of the Lich King Classic right on top within you know, weeks of each other, it feels like we were inundated with double the responsibilities we felt like we had to do. It's hard. It's hard to stay together as a group, um, a group of friends, a group of guildies, and a group of gamers when we are pulled in so many different directions. So I really appreciate that conversation and I wanted to mention it in my last episode, but it slipped my mind. So I'm glad that I remember to add it to my spotlight section. Now it is the um, episode, it is episode 48. I'm going to put the link to the notes in the um, link to the show in I'm apparently losing my ability to talk. I'm going to put the link to this episode in my show notes, and it's titled Bricko's TED Talk or Bricko Goes on a Rant. I thought it was such a cute name, but there's so many of us in there giving our peace of um, mind and having a chat with Bricko and kind of ironing out where we all feel with all these content drops and how it can feel very overwhelming for us as Warcraft lovers to not feel like we're drowning in content because we're trying to keep up in two different two different versions of Azeroth. I definitely feel the pressure. I'm not going to lie. But take a listen to that episode, episode 48, Bricko's TED Talk, or Bricko Goes on a Rant. I definitely recommend it, and I'll put the link in the show notes. It's called, it's the podcast, The Third Faction. So just look it up and listen if you already haven't. Oh, you have survived another episode of Casually Casual Cast. So thank you so much for joining me for another episode. You can tweet the show at Warcraft Casual. You can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com and find past episodes, show notes, and how to join me in game at casuallycasualpodcast.wordpress.com. Or you can access this show and all the other shows that I host at CozyPodcastNetwork.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Hulrena. And if you want to help support the show, leave a review wherever you can. Help retweet the show and share it. It's greatly appreciated. Happy travels to you. Till next time, Azerothians. Bye-bye. May our paths cross again. 
I'll always treasure our time together. Goodbye. Peace. Or not. In my native tongue, my name means dances with tassels. <laughs> 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 <laughs>